Are we ready? I guess not. Welcome to episode one of the Rogue Ones podcast, where each week we go through popular topics, critique, and debate all things entertainment. Thanks to all of you who showed us love on our Instagram stories. Please do it again this week. Share with the world how you're listening to Rogue Ones. Post it to your Instagram stories and tag us at Rogue Ones underscore podcast. And use the hashtag, hashtag Rogue Ones podcast. We're looking for that 24-hour ad on your socials. And don't miss this Friday for our weekly gaming sessions. You've been watching and joining by going to the link provided on our Instagram page. Thanks for joining us. I'm Josiah Brown. Joining me today on the show is B-Rob, a.k.a. Brandon Robinson and Christopher Duke. You know what I'm saying? It's your boy, Brandon, Brando, B-Rob, a.k.a. Nonstop STL. Call me whatever you want as long as you put some respect on my name. You know what I'm saying? You know. Uh, <laughs> I'm also the uh, lead um, the lead content creator at Nonstop STL, which is a music reviewing website. Uh, I talk about issues in music. I talk about current events, everything over there. So if you like that, you'll like this for all my nonstop fans. Um, on this podcast, we're just, you know, three friends from St. Louis, been my homies ever since high school. We always, yeah. always talk, always having talks about content and different things that's coming out. So it's like, why not bring it on to a podcast? So that's why we're here. It's your boy Chris. You can call me Duke. Call me C Duke Sandy, King Duke Sandy, like my boy Brandon said, as long as you put some respect on it. It's the one, the true rogue one here. Nah. <laughs> nah. Debatable. Whatever, man. But a little bit about me. I'm like the big bro in the group. You know, like my boy Brandon said, we went to high school together. Really comes down to it. We just we're fans here. We're fans of a lot of stuff. Anything sports. Movies, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Flash, Arrow, anything, man. We got it here. We're going to talk about it. But enough about that. Let's get this thing kicked off. That being said, B-Rock, what you got for us for the summer with music? Hey, man. So this music for the summer is going to be cracking. Remember 2016, 2013? It kind of reminds me of those back then. Uh, we got everybody know Khalid or whatever. He dropped that single, Talk, that mug going on fire is i'm surprised it's not higher than it already is but Lil Nas X is taking over i got him on here with his new song panini that dropped on his seven song ep that came out last thursday i believe um i got the london by young thug travis scott and j cole i like the song a whole lot but i think it's not going to get a it's runtime until um young thug drops his album I got Earthquake by Tyler Creator. Like I said before, that mug slaps. It's a soulful slap. It's just it's just a vibe, like 2 Chain said. Um, and I also have No Guidance by Chris Brown and Drake, which is also a vibe. As far as upcoming things, we got the XXL Freshman uh, cover coming out. Of course, you know, the freestyle always comes along mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, thanks. We got the stars, in my opinion, on the lineup is baby. And Megan the Stallion, the coldest mm-hmm. slices of bread out of this freshman class, I, I think is like it's they crazy and they go so hard. Like I feel like they should have their own collab tape. We get collab tapes from all people that have no chemistry, but these two right here, they 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 already they don't even have next up because they already present. Uh, we also got this Dreamville tape that I think that's, that's gonna come out this summer. That's just gonna light everything up. Of course, and Rihanna. 
Like, we, where you at, Shawty? Like, we waiting on you. We need, we need something immediately. Like, even if it don't come out this summer, it needs to come out in 2019. She ain't like, got a job for the rest of her life, bro. She right. Exactly. So <laughs> that's what's flaming up for this summer, music-wise. So what what this music is music saying right now? What do you think? Like, what does it take to make it out here in music? What do you think the sound is out here now in this generation? What's the new wave, bro? Everybody using auto tune. Everybody dying their hair. Like it's unfortunate that it's come down to this, but. It is, it's not hard to get on no more. Like, everybody trying to sound like Uzi. Everybody trying to sound like Travis Scott. Every try, everybody trying to sound like everybody. And it's not much to, like, everybody's getting deals out here. Lil Nas X has got a deal back from Columbia. Like, it's it's not it's not much to it. It's unfortunate, in my opinion. Like, I feel like the artsy, like, skill-wise side is starting to die down. But mm-hmm. there's, like, a good people – like, a good – it's a good mixture – of people that like you know actually have skill that's taking over right now. So you know what I'm saying. I, I feel like it, it just needs time to like settle with me before I before I can accept it. But it is what it is. It's the music industry, man. I I think we're in a lack of timeless timeless music now in the game. Oh, yeah. I don't think we're gonna have a lot of classics anymore. Yeah, I don't think like of course we're gonna be like oh dang I haven't heard that song in forever but we ain't gonna have that song that we never forget out of this like new era of music unless it's about that boy Drizzy man but he he's still yeah people say Drake is everywhere though right. I ain't gonna fake it though totally by my boy a boogie he timeless too oh yeah no pun intended he got hits he need to drop <laughs> one. Man, the game needs it. Well, whatever. We're moving on. Moving on. Because we got other topics to hit today. What you got for us, Josiah? What I have for y'all today is a football topic. NFL is on its way back, and we're talking about comeback season. Now, my money here is on Aaron Rodgers for five reasons. After dealing with injuries each of the last two seasons, Rodgers is finally healthy. Last season, he put up 25 touchdowns, two interceptions, 4,442 yards, a 97.6 passer rating, ranking him as the 16th best quarterback. You know who that was according to? NFL. Mm-hmm. What that means is this season, if he's fully healthy, he would definitely be putting up MVP numbers. Mm-hmm. He's a new offense with a new head coach, which means his play is refreshed. And I know you guys are going to say they only have one receiver, Devontae Adams. This is an offense that can run with rookies, an mm-hmm. offense that can use Jimmy Graham to his full potential like he was used in what? New Orleans? Remember that? Back when he was a pro bowler? Almost every single year, putting up amazing numbers? He can relive that type of greatness. Five years, five years ago? Years ago. That's Drew hey, Brees, man. Five hey, years ago. Aaron Rodgers is as good as Drew Brees. No man, debate there. there. No oh, debate God. there. All Getting right. on to my other points, their defense has greatly improved. Not only have they drafted last season defense and this season defense, in the free agency, they also took some of the best pass rushers possible. If Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy and lead their offense and the defense can compete the way they should, Aaron Rodgers will win the NFC North and he will win the MVP award. Simple as that. If that's the case, I could sit here and say, if the defense go right and the offense work the way they should, Josh McCown can win MVP if he was a starter on the, on the team. Let's not forget that Jalen Ramsey actually did do that for the Jaguars. Like what, two seasons ago? Do they what? didn't have an offense. Do what? the playoffs. Jalen Ramsey took him to a playoff by himself. That defense did. Not just Jalen Ramsey. Hey, but the point is, if the defense lives up to the hype and Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy, you know Aaron Rodgers got them. 
He ain't gonna be the one to fail them. It's always gonna be the defense. It's not gonna be Aaron. Y'all this is the man who has the greatest passes almost every season. This is the man who did the dance. Brian did he catch it? We forgetting all these perfect games that he was in. People say I'm gonna hit that Aaron Rodgers. They don't say I'm. A, let me do that, that Drew Brees. Let me do that Brady real quick. No, it's the Aaron Rodgers, the original magician. Maybe if they did that Drew Brees or they Brady, they would win more. <laughs> Maybe they should look at that. It ain't about the wins and losses. Slander. Since you're throwing slander out here, who is your pick then since you have all this slander going on? Listen, when it comes to MVPs, I don't really have my picks set in stone yet. But what I do have a pick for is who's going to win comeback player of the year. And my pick for that is the tight end for the Chargers, Hunter Henry. You know, he got some tough competition. Coming his way since a uh, tight end hasn't won his award since 2014 when Robert Gronkowski did it. The GOAT at the tight end position. I don't want to hear argument. I'm a Patriots fan. Moving on. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Hunter Henry, he's poised for a good season. Uh, the games he did play in 29 games, he had like 1,065 yards, about two, what 12 touchdowns, and that's just in 29 games. So his role is only going to get bigger. His importance to this team is only going to get bigger due to the fact that the Chargers lost a couple pieces in this offseason. So I feel like him as a vertical threat going downfield, he can really, you know, make some make some plays for Phillip Rivers. Is he going to beat my Patriots? Nah. But I feel like Hunter Henry is the guy to win comeback player of the year this year. Okay, that's respectable. I'm not even going to get into that since he did have an ACL injury. But do you think he can actually live up to the hype again after that injury? I mean, he's young right now. If if it's any time to have an ACL injury, you might as well do it while you're young. So I feel like he can bounce back. If he can get to at least 85, maybe 90%, that should be good enough to get him the Comeback Player of the Year award. What about you, B-Rob? What did you think about this? Who's your pick? I'm on the tight end bandwagon as well. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans tight end, Delaney Walker. Um, he's a very, in my opinion, he's like very underrated. He's a very for, forgettable target, but his presence is there. Like, with his, he's definitely a game changer in my opinion. Um, with this being like a very, it start like the league is starting to be very like star tight end heavy. With like you know your your Kittles, you got your Zach Ertz's, and of course your Travis Kelsey's out here. Um, but but I'm not a Chiefs yeah, yeah, yeah. fan. <laughs> but I'm not a Chiefs fan. But uh, no, I just feel like Delaney Walker could just like add so much to the offense, and they can he can just like get them over that playoff hump that they've been in for a minute. Um, t- last year, their backup tight ends in, uh, in total combined of 750 yards, 63 catches, and I believe seven touchdowns in the whole season. And Delaney Walker like bulldozes those stats by himself in the season. So it's like that shows you that he has that game changing like, you know, play. So I feel like, you know, just take some weight off of uh Mariota's shoulders. It's best that uh, you know, your boy comes back. Uh, I mean, I can see where you're going with this, but Delaney Walker, he is pretty old, isn't he? What is he in his uh mid thirties? Yeah, he like thirty five, but I feel like with this adversity and all the stuff that he was dealing with last year, knowing what type of player he is and realizing all these uh, younger tight ends is, like, doing big numbers, there's no doubt he can do the same thing. So, you know, you got your uh, – the uh, the Cowboys, they just came out of retirement. So, if he can do it, anybody can. 
while we're still on the topic of football, let's talk about some breakout scenes. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I have New York Giants tight end, um, Evan Ingram, as much as that pains me to say since I am a Jets fan. I believe he can actually be productive this coming up season. But let me tell you why. Odell is finally gone, so somebody has to get that target share. I think it has to be him. If you remember in his first season, he put up 722 yards and six touchdowns while Odell was going in and out from injury play season. Last year, I understand that, you know, he was hurt. He only had 22 receptions, 320 yards, but that was an injury-prone season. This third year, he's going to go off. Like I said, Eli has to throw to somebody, and he's going to take all of this. Man, listen, you asking a lot out of Eli Manning. You've seen what he's done these last two years, so I don't really have to go into why this man is a terrible quarterback at this stage of his career. But side is my pick for the breakout player of the year. Josiah, you're a Jets fan, so I have your blessing with this one. My pick is Sam Darnold, quarterback. Oh, yeah. Rookie season, you know, it was some slight. 2,865 yards, 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Completion rate could have been better, but, hey, it's your first year. And if we've seen anything in the NFL as of late, shoot, not even as of late, throughout his history, it's been that second-year quarterbacks is a goal. We've seen it with Carson Wentz. We've seen it with Jared Goff. We've seen it with Deshaun Watson. We've seen it with Marcus Mariota, even. It, second-year quarterbacks are lighting the league up. You don't believe me? Do your research. Look at quarterbacks like Dan Marino, who lit the league up for 5,884 passing yards in his second season. Look at Russell Wilson, who won a Super Bowl in his second season. Even Patrick Mahomes led his team, won MVP in his second season. And that pains me, I don't even like the Chiefs. So I'm just saying, if there's anyone's poised to have a breakout season this year, it's second-year quarterback Sam Darnold. So that's my pick. I appreciate you. You throwing us some love over here. You know, Jets fan needs that. It's not exactly a good season every year for us. I definitely need it. All right, hey man. I got Le'Veon. Yeah, I got a couple of receivers in the bag now. Gonna see what y'all can do. I respect that. Mm-hmm. So, B-Rob, let me see what you have to say about breakout seasons. Who do you think? Hey, I got my boy from the Houston Texans. I'm saying, I'm saying that that uh, that region over there, but the south, the southern region that is. But uh, I got my boy Wolf Fuller the fifth. Uh, this man hasn't caught a caught a like a healthy break since his fresh or not about to say freshman year his rookie season, and like he just been dealing with injury after injury. I know he had like a shoulder injury was his first injury when he got in the league. He had a hamstring injury and he tore his ACL mid season. But you know I call him the touchdown magnet because that boy he don't care about the numbers, he don't care about all the glorified stats, but he gets his team wins within touchdowns. Um, I feel like he's great for the offense with uh, Deshaun Watson at the helm at quarterback. And also, uh, of course, uh, like right across from him is DeAndre Hopkins. And that, of course, will take a strong, like, weight off of his shoulders because, of course, uh, getting fuller back acclimated with the offense. I honestly think he can put up Juju Smith-Schuster numbers because um, that's the exact same state Juju was with A.B. right next to him. So I don't see – I don't see why he can't come back and, you know, be healthy and, you know, get his team wins. Yeah. I just think it would be hard for him to get the shine that he deserves as long as he has two young stars in the shine and DeAndre Hopkins on the team that's just balling yeah. control like they are. As long as they get him wins. I don't think they really need the shine. As long as get him wins, the shine going to be there. Exactly. Yeah. 
It paid off for him, but let's go. Let's switch gears here. Moving on to the next topic. Let's talk about some NBA. You know, we had the draft last week. We had Zion going number one to the New Orleans Pelicans. You had that boy John Moran going number two to the Memphis Grizzlies. They got their new franchise playing ball. You had R.J. Barrett going number three. But we're not here to talk about who we think is going to be the best draft pick yet. We're here to talk about which teams do we feel have got the most out of their draft picks. And when we talk about this, I think I'm going to start with the year 2014. If we want to go back to the state the league was in back then, the Lakers was beginning their rebuild process. The Phoenix Suns was beginning well in the middle of their rebuild process. The Celtics are starting their rebuild. The 76ers are still in the rebuild process. So just generally, the league was in a state of rebuild. So my pick for which team has gotten the most out of their picks is, of course, my hometown team, my favorite team, the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, I'm going to ride with the purple and gold till I die. But let's throw some names out there. For those who, the naysayers who don't believe me, we have Julius Randle. We have Jordan Clarkson. We had D'Angelo Russell, Larry Nance, Mazo Ball, Kyle Kuzma. If you want to check the stats on them, my boy Julius sitting at a career 15 points per game. Jordan, the 14 points per game. Also one of the top bench scorers in the league. We have D'Angelo Russell, who just came off an all-star appearance in Brooklyn and hopefully comes back to the Lakers. <clears throat> I'm tampering. I don't care. <clears throat> Hopefully comes back to the Lakers. He just came off an all-star season balling out. We also got Lonzo, who's 10 points per game, six assists average, also two steals per game for his career, which is in the league and the point guard. Stop hating on my boy. He is greatness. But more of the story, Lakers draft great players. All those guys, Ingram, Kuzma, just look at their body of work. It's nice work. My boy. Boys, they done got traded. They went to New Orleans. We about to take over in New Orleans, too. I wish nothing but the best for them. And I just think compared to other teams, it's not real. It's not an argument, basically. But tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Philly right there on you, though. Philly, like, most of their players wasn't, like, as, like, formidable as, you know, what the Lakers gave out. But Philly right there on their neck, I promise you. They may redshirt their rookies. That's not okay, but it's okay for Philly because I'm trusting the process. I promise you, Philly, not on our tails. And here is what <laughs> Joel and B registered for like two years. Okay, either way, I give you Joel and B. Also, in that year they drafted Joel and B. They drafted Alfred Payton. Where he at? They drafted the Daniels. Where he at? The next the year they had Jaleel Okafor. Where he at? On the bench. Willie Hammer and Gomez. Year after that, Ben Simmons. Okay. Year after that, Markel Fultz. Year after that, nobody's. They're not. No, I don't think no one's hanging with them when they come to drafting. Right there, right there. When it comes to consistent good players, though, that's hard, Chris. (laughs) The Lakers strike gold every time. (laughs) Either way, moral of the story. I feel like we draft the best. That's neither here nor there. But also in this sports world, we also had some controversy going on a couple weeks ago with. LeVar and ESPN with some statements that he said to Molly Curl, where he said, and I quote, you can switch gears with me anytime. <laughs> what, was, what was your guys' reaction to that? Uh, I would say, first and foremost, I was like, what does that even mean? I mean, the way uh, LeVar reacted to it and pretty much said it, like, you know, he was pretty much saying this innocently. He wasn't, like, trying to, like, antagonize anything. Like, he loves his family. We all know he's a family type. Right. So it wasn't like he was antagonizing her or trying to get her to, you know, come at him or anything like that. 
So I feel like she might have blown it out of proportion. ESPN definitely did. Um, but, you know, like, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like, uh, she's trying to defend herself. I understand that completely. But, um, yeah, I think LeVar definitely was uh, – definitely uh, deserves an apology for this. It was definitely taken out of proportion by ESPN. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. It, I feel like ESPN just wanted to get LeVar out. I feel like they blackballed him in this situation. The whole, I feel like his whole purpose on ESPN anyway would just because Lonzo was on the Lakers, so they just wanted to hear what LeVar had to say, see if they can give him a sound bite. Now that Lonzo's in New Orleans, I feel like they don't have a use for him no more, so they use this just pretty much as the scapegoat excuse to get him out of ESPN altogether. But it's okay. I feel like LeVar, this isn't going to hurt him. He's a family man. He's always been about his family, so I feel like he's going to go about his business like he always do and on the great things. I don't know. Like, I feel like ESPN is always trying to be their world leader in sports. So that kind of, like, gives, like, a certain, like, authoritative connotation when it comes to sports. So mm-hmm. I think they just want to nail the hammer down on LeVar. Um, don't get me wrong. Like, LeVar isn't completely innocent just because his antics previously. Like, he's known for doing some wild things, like what he did on the Colin Coward um, show to that one. A journalist, I forgot what her name was, but he was, like, totally disrespecting her. But it was, like, kind of petty, and she was being petty along with him. And, like, I don't know. They they kind of took it to the most on this. Um, but I feel like this is just another way for ESPN to kind of get on a little bit because I feel like they might be losing, like, viewership to, like, FS1 and TNT mm-hmm. because, you know, the market is starting to switch over to them because they, you know, Stephen A. Smith and with Max Kellerman, they're not funny. Like at this point, I, I want to hear, I want to hear content. So I feel like this is just like kind of showing ESPN's like true colors, just by trying to you know police this a little bit. But you know, it is what it is. We'll see how it turns out. And to be clear, I don't feel like Molly should get any blame for this either, just because she she felt uncomfortable. There's nothing you can do about that. You can't tell right. someone how yeah. they how they should feel towards her comments. So she felt uncomfortable. She felt she had every right to feel so. So I feel like no blame should go her way. But back to the switching gears, you know, talking about some TV with some ESPN, but moving on to some more TV that's coming our way. We got Stranger Things coming next week. Finally, the wait is over, man. The wait is over. Let me know what y'all think is coming this season, boy. What is happening? Bigger and better things. Well, it's been almost a year and a half since we got Stranger Things. So they've had nothing but production time. I know the produ- like the, the budget is bigger and better than Stranger Things 2 was probably just because they keep getting the revenue from the first season, of course, the second season. Um, I feel like it's going to be his best season by far, easily. I feel like it's going to be the best season just because of what they got to work with now. They have more, like, they have more layers of the story to work with. It's just so much anticipation. Like, you don't know, like, with the trailer, they didn't, we know that, like, there's some big bad still in Earth or whatever, and, like, opposed to the upside down. So mm-hmm. I feel like uh, we're just trying to discover, like, how to, because there's, obviously, they're, they're eliminating the factors of it actually going away since it's trapped in the Earth. Yeah. So I feel like they're going to tap into that. And also, I hope they bring back, like the narrative about Eleven's sister, because that was kind of like a dry idea that I think they didn't really hold on to for long. And I didn't really didn't I didn't really didn't like that episode at first. So I hope they just you know continue the the 
narrative of what, you know, certain things brought from season one. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. I do hope they bring back 11 Sister. I hope they just don't treat that as like a dead story. Yeah. Although you didn't like that. I was kind of rocking with that episode with 11 found her sister. She, she was pretty kick-ass, so. It was dope at first, but then I was like, this whole episode was like dedicated to her. They're not showing nothing else that's going on. So it's like, if they don't run with it, that whole idea was dead to me. Mm-hmm. So that's only if they don't run with it. If they do, then it's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just sounds like a Stranger uh, Things type of, you know, thing they do. Like cliffhangers. I mean, they do this all the time. Have stories, and they just leave it at that. Like with Dr. Brenner. I mean, we haven't seen him since, like, what, season one? Like, uh, they said he was dead. He's supposedly alive. I mean, we don't know what's going on. So I guess you could say the biggest thing I'm looking forward to see is, like, questions being answered. I mean, what's going on with all these other things? It's a mind flare. He's still out there in the universe somewhere. So, I mean, I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, man. The strange only gets stranger, man. But on to more strange things going on in this TV and film industry. Let's talk about Marvel and these money gimmicks. So apparently we got Endgame. What's the slander? Man, it's not slander. I'm just saying. Endgame <laughs> re-releases on Friday, man. And just to me, it's highway robbery in my book. The, I know we're getting new scenes. They say we're probably getting a tribute to Stanley. We're getting some things talking about the Hulk. I just feel like all this could have been put in a Blu-ray DVD version, thrown at your local Target, buy it for the four ninety-nine, call it a day. I feel like they're chasing the money on this one, which I don't blame. It's a great business tactic, but realistically, it's like, come on, bro. They're just trying to chase Avatar. We knew that from the jump. Like, But I feel like it's going to be touching for the fans at least. I'm definitely not going to go see it. I already seen it twice. Not going to go for a third time. It's not on my end of the book, and it's not good for my checkbook. So it's definitely not going to come my way anytime soon. But, you know, I'll, I'll be here for the spoilers or, you know, the, the clips that come surface the Internet about, you know, what happened in the end. Uh, I understand that they're going to commemorate um, Stanley correctly for all he contributed at Marvel, which is, you know, that's very well deserved. And I know, like, they're going to have some surprises about the Hulk. I heard that. So I'm just curious about what that brings about. Oh, but I'm not about to go to the theater. Right. Yeah, I'm loving Chris's Blu-ray idea. You know, like, release it to Target and Walmart. That, that's a perfect idea. It probably would have saved them a lot more money that way. And a lot of us a lot more money that way. But um, <laughs> I kind of do understand where they're going with this, you know? Stan Lee, he's no longer with us. But uh, he had a, a, a lot to do with this franchise. We already know this. He created most of these Marvel characters that we all love. Yeah. And this is pretty much like, you know, the final hurrah for him, I guess you could say. And they're just trying to, like, I guess you could say, give him one last tribute for the biggest thing, for the biggest phase that happens so far in Marvel. So I can understand where they're going with this. So, I mean, I'm not personally going to go see just it. Say that for, uh, I, it. I feel like it only makes sense for them to save it for Spider-Man Homecoming, so that's his go-to character. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, too. But, I mean, Spider-Man has his own thing going over there. He's grieving Iron Man. So, I mean, that's a whole situation of itself. So yeah. I feel like this is the best time to, you know, we just lost Iron Man. And what, uh, Black Widow in the last movie? This is the perfect time to tribute to one last person. So, I mean, why not? I guess. So, what do you think with this new Spider-Man Far From Home? Where do you think they're going to go with that? I mean, you say Spider-Man is probably going to become the next Iron Man. Of course, they showed that in the trailer. But as far as from what I'm hearing, people talking about possibilities of the multiverse being introduced in this movie, you think we're going to get all that here? Honestly, I don't think we're going to get it anytime soon, you know? 
Mm -hmm. um, you know, Marvel would like to take things in steps and phases. So we're probably not seeing any new heroes, at least not any prominent heroes come into like the next maybe five, six years or plus. But I'm hoping to see, you know, like X-Men, Fantastic Four, things of that type of nature coming out and joining in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Spider-Man, like I said before, is going to be taking the place of Iron Man. So let's see what type of people he put around, they put around him. Makes sense. Yeah, I believe um, they're going to be reopening the idea just like they did, just like they sparked off with, with the first Iron Man movie. They, I always call that that's like the gate of the MCU that was what started it all. So I feel like they're just trying to rebrand themselves away from everything that we know known before. So the Infinity Stones aren't going to matter as much as they did before, because if they did, we would just have Infinity Wars slash Endgame all over again. So they need to incorporate a different type of, like, I guess, trope to bring in, like, not only uh, new new heroes, but new villains as well. So I feel like that's what the multiverse is ultimately going to be. That's going to be the new, I guess, goal or the new focus opposed to the Infinity Stones. So I feel like that's going to be their main, like, their main focal point of the rest of the, uh, or of Phase 4. So, yeah. So, you got, you got any predictions of what you think the big bad may end up being in this new phase? I know Adam Warlock has to be in there somewhere. They got to bring, like, I feel like I need them to bring in the Fantastic Four. I know we've had, like, some people call them terrible films. The first two films were straight. The oh, yeah. The joint that came out in 2014, they shouldn't even thought about that. But <laughs> as a whole, the Fantastic Four was always supposed to be a corny trope because the idea of the Fantastic Four is corny. Like, the name is corny by itself. But, like, that that's the part I'm okay with. But Doctor Doom is almost as powerful, like, as Thanos and Apocalypse and other huge characters we've seen. Like, the the the, the Doctor Doom we've seen in the first movie isn't, isn't the real Doctor Doom. So I feel like they have to incorporate Adam Warlock and Doctor Doom or something to just tie in the new, the new narrative they're bringing forth. Sense. I don't really have no predictions so far who I think the big bad is going to be. I think I'm going to make all my predictions after I see this new Spider-Man joint. Then I'll go from there. But just like, got any predictions on yours? Um, honestly, I think Brandon pretty much stole every prediction I have for that one. Um, Adam Warlock, Dr. Doom, those seem like the greatest threats that can actually hit the uh, universe at this point. And I think one of them at least has to be added in sometime soon. So um, we already know that the villain of this time, this time is Mysterio. So let's wait and see what else is happening. All right. All right. Well, we heard it all here, people. That's the Rogues, the Rogues podcast. We love y'all for listening in. You can follow me on Twitter at CDukeSanity. Follow the Instagram at RogueOnes underscore podcast. Show us love, share, like, subscribe, wherever we drop. We're going to let y'all know. Josiah, hop on the track and take us away. Thanks to everyone who joined us today on the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Spread the word. Tell everybody. Follow us on Instagram at RogueOnes underscore podcast. If you have any questions, inbox us. It doesn't have to be just about TV or sports or music related. We're here to solve life's greatest questions. Seriously, though, ask away. Like our cover art, follow our editor at BobbyKing413 on Twitter. And don't miss Friday for our weekly gaming sessions at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can tune in for free at the link provided on Instagram. Talk we next week. Don't win smoke. What it do, baby? First episode down. Let's go.